guys, it's Messy Truths Podcast back. This is Mar recording from Montreal. This is Nisha, you know, recording from Kanakahage, the nation in Montreal. This is Azar recording from New York City, and that was a messy ass intro. What was that? <laughs> I don't know what right happened. What was that? What it's perfect. We'll fix perfect. it by the time uh, this is actually live. <laughs> don't worry about that. Nothing happened. Nothing happened to the intro at all. <laughs> messy yeah. truths for messy intros. Hey right. guys. So Hi. yes, we're back. We're back. And uh, yeah, how y'all doing? Man, I am just so grateful for this show. I can't even tell you. I look forward to this weekly. I literally just like count down the days until we get to do this. So <laughs> I feel great right now. Awesome. I- I actually, uh, I don't know. We'll get back to how I'm feeling. I just came off of class and adulting. So I'm a bit like, oh, we're doing this. But I will say match out props to Azar and Mar, who are always taking care of things behind the scenes. And like every time I open up my WhatsApp, I'm like, why are there 23 messages? What have I missed? And y'all, these two ladies are holding it down on the technical level and just, you know, doing their thing. We stay busy. I love the way we support each other that way. We all bring, you know, we're like Voltron, like a trifecta Voltron. We all bring different things to the table. So much love to you ladies for doing all that. We appreciate that. And let us take this opportunity to also give you your flowers because I had the pleasure of attending your TEDx talk last week at Collège Jean Brébeuf here in Montreal. And uh, you were speaking to the youngins of college age. And I got to tell you, you were expressing how nervous you were going to be presenting in front of this crowd. I showed up and uh, you totally rocked it. You really, Uh, really did. It was like you were made for it. So I'm about to give you some love here. Uh, Yay. Yeah. Much appreciated. Much appreciated, Mark. That was uh, that was some TEDx stress. (laughs) It was, it was. I know you were under a lot of stress, but I don't know. You held it down, man. You held it down. And let me just tell you, there were quite a few students that came up afterwards. It was like the whole posse was in line waiting to speak to Dr. Nisha. She is a doctor. For those of you that don't know, she is a PhD. Uh, And yeah, they were, they were standing in line. What were they asking you? They were just asking me questions of like, so my topic was about um, the need and the desire and the, the really the have to, we have to look at each other's diversity. Otherwise we're missing out on the full human experience. So they were asking me like, how did we do that? You know, how have I been holding it down? Uh, how can they challenge in the classroom, uh, social media? A lot of them started their own brands, which I thought was really cool. So they're going to send me some swag. Now I'm so I feel like that hip hop artist that gets to wear the brand and like rocks the, you know, I don't know, FUBU or whatever. So I'm like that academic who gets to, to rock um, some local brands. And, and I love supporting students like that. And, you know, shout out to JT, our new renewed prime minister. Uh, he went to Glebeuf <laughs> and um, there's a lot of smart folks up in there. And it's a lot of, there's a lot of emerging diversity in, in Glebeuf. Yeah. So, it was great uh, school. It's great like school, one of the top yeah. CJEPs in Quebec, uh, fully bilingual in English and French. Everybody we spoke to there was 
perfectly comfortable in English and French, no issues whatsoever. Um, I absolutely love that they were coming up to uh, to yourself and even myself when I got in on the conversation asking about how to navigate some of the issues in life. And I just was thinking, man, these kids, they have no clue that we're just trying to figure out how to navigate our own adult lives ourselves. Because <laughs> they're we, at the start. We don't know what the hell we're doing either. Guess what, kids? Good luck. <laughs> we don't have all the answers either. <laughs> Yeah, it was really cool. And, and thanks again, Mar, for being there. When I saw Mar, I was like, I got a little bit nervous, but it's okay. But funnily enough, when I went on the stage, I don't know how other artists do it, but I actually blanked out. I, I had to go back to Mar and be like, so was I okay? I don't know if it's like Holy Spirit or Shaitans <laughs> or Jins, whoever just took over. I was like, oh, I finished. Um, but you know, it was, yeah, it was a really great experience. And I have to say shout out to every sponsor, not sponsor, but every person that I curated in my outfit. That's really important to me. I I wore all Canadian indigenous BIPOC brand down to my makeup, to my haircut, to my shoes, to the outfit, to the earrings. So yeah, just, you know, but we're adulting. That's exactly, it's a good segue, Mar, because yeah. Yeah, I don't so know. So we so first of all, I'm so sorry I couldn't be there, Nisha, but I'm no, sure you killed you. it and I can't wait to see a, some video footage of it. But I know I know you rocked it, girl. But um yeah, this totally leads us to this the theme of this episode's uh this episode, and that is adulting. And we are gonna talk about something that we pretty much know nothing about, right? At this stage <laughs> in our lives, ladies. <laughs> well, we know a lot about it, but we just haven't really figured out the best way to navigate without making it as painless as possible. So those kids, you know, when they were coming up to us and asking questions, like it makes you think, what did you guys think about how adulthood would be when you were that age, Dawson age or junior college age? I don't know. You know what? I I will tell you, I don't feel like I have reached adulthood yet. I know that sounds Mm. crazy considering I'm in my 40s. I mean, fuck it. Let's just be transparent. But I really just don't feel like I have hit that responsible adult, you know, period in my life where I have all my shit together. And And that was my vision is that as an adult, I'll have my shit together ownership Mm. you know what i mean that part like owning homes or whatever and it's just i'm just not there yet okay but wait a minute you you, like i don't like what you said right there you said owning homes like you don't have to be an adult and own a home i see that that categorization and that standard of like what's adulting you know i think it's for every adult for themselves i think i started adulting when I got married, I love my husband, yo, but that dude just propelled things and responsibilities that I was happily ignoring for a very long time. Okay, like um, what? Give um, us an example. Like shit, like having a, like a savings, like a healthy savings. Like I had savings, but for those folks who know me, I'm a, like, I'm a wonderless, an ultimate Uber. Give me a plane ticket. I'll pay the bills as long as I can get my plane ticket. I need to go. And then I got married and my husband was like, oh, we have to buy a house. And I was like, nah, I felt like that movie up 
and the balloons were holding the house down. I was like, dude, you trying to hold me down. I want to go up. So I started adulting at 41, which is only two years ago. Wait, am I 43? Yo, I don't know how old I am. Yeah, I think I'm 43. <laughs> Shit. So I've been adulting for two years, maybe. Because I, I gained, can't... Mar, I gained a whole husband and two kids when mm-hmm. I got married. Yeah. I, I feel you on the whole not knowing, not feeling like you're adulting until much later. And that's exactly how I how I felt, too. I mean, uh, when I was a kid, I was thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my mother, obviously, in her traditional Caribbean point of view, uh, the idea is you get up, you get married and have a husband and, you know, have some kids and and have a home eventually and and so on and so forth. And that's just the most ridiculous garbage linear roadmap ever that ever existed because that's not how it works. I mean, unfortunately for me, I lost my mother at a young age. So that's the first thing that threw me off track. And the second thing is trying to navigate life without parents and doing that when you don't have any savings, you're just talking about financial uh, parts of life. I mean, if you don't have financial literacy, how are you going to know what savings or any of this stuff is all about putting money aside for your, um, you know, your retirement or what have you retirement money? What is that? Where do you get that from? You know, all of these different things. So unfortunately, it, it there's no like roadmap. I mean, you can you can have a linear idea of how you want your life to go, but it's never going to go that way. There's all kinds of stuff that comes out of out of nowhere, planned or unplanned or based on bad decisions made or good decisions made. And let's also not forget external factors that are beyond your control, like a death in the family or some other issue that might come up, um, you know, your 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 employer firing you or <laughs> letting you go for whatever reason. You know, there, there's a lot of factors. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but culturally, you know, I, I'm from Iran. I was born there, raised by Iranian parents um, in a whole other environment, right, when we moved to Canada. And I feel like culturally, I was raised with fear. So basically, the way that our parents raised us was, you know, to, to act on fear, to act on the possibility that you might not make it or that you potentially, you know, would lose a job eventually or, you know, you could be homeless one day. Seriously. I mean, like, yeah, the idea was you got to work super duper hard. So all these bad things won't happen to you. Right. Like and normalcy and and like, you know, just health and and stability is what you're aiming for. I don't think there was anything more than that that was taught to me. And I don't mean directly. I just mean it's so ingrained in our culture to live in fear of something bad happening that that that's how we looked at adulting. Yeah, I agree. I think that the immigrant and anyone who comes from an immigrant or refugee experience, if you come from a family that has gone through those kinds of experiences, you know that that has an impact on how your parents raise you, you know, and it shapes what sort of flexibility they'll allow in your life, um, you know, and, and boundaries that will exist in your life. Are you, what kind of friends are you going to have? 
Um, even education, like obviously the push for education is hardcore in immigrant and refugee families. They believe that that is your gateway to freedom and wealth and success. And it couldn't, it, it's not a guarantee. There is no guarantee for that. Um, but there is a lot more pressure coming from an immigrant or a refugee family. That is, that is very true. You know, I, I, I gotta say, um, as you as you are talking, by the way, yo, I got to tell the fans, I'm adulting right now. My niece and nephew are with me. They're texting me. I said, yo, didn't I tell you I was recording this, like in this hour? Can I get an hour? Can I get an you hour? You cannot get an hour. So as shout out to Oz. You, you shout out to Oz. An hour. Who's got these three, like, I love Ozzy's children. They are cute. I like, I think they're scrumptious. But shit, can I get a half an hour workout? <laughs> nah, B. Can you get some not- respect? <laughs> for the fact for the fact that you you're 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 dealing with them yo can i yeah, play so, it let me play it play it let me play it so apparently these kids are calling the 80s and 90s the late 1900s <laughs> fuck these kids for real fuck for these real. kids <laughs> the disrespect man the disrespect yeah. and the worst thing is Motherfucker, there's COVID. Yeah. Can I bring my friends over? No. No. <laughs> no, you can't bring your friends over. Yesterday, I was at the door checking their their vaccination passports. Oh, you want to come into my rental? Oh, I need to see your vaccination passports. Because I ain't dealing with a whole bunch of teenagers and they're, they're, they're nasty before COVID. Okay? True. <laughs> so... Anyways, my point was mad props to Oz and Mark because I realized like I've got both set of my living parents. So there's a delayed adulting for me Mm. because I've got my mom and my grandma and my auntie who like super baby me. I, Mm. I have to be honest. They super baby me like. I got married. I don't like to cook. My mom will cook for my husband and put it in our freezer like I'm super babied in that way. So there is a part of me that's like, oh, Nish, you, you know, I got a serious little, I'm a bit spoiled. I'm the eldest. I'm the smartest. Yeah, I said it. I'm the smartest out of the <laughs> siblings. I said it. Yes. Yeah, Toot and, your own horn. Do it. And oh, my girl. parents spoil me. They totally spoil me. So they'll do whatever I ask. So there is a part that I have a very big support network around me that delays my adulthood. <laughs> I got to tell you, that's a great point that you made because I was going to, I was going to save the kids, but I'm going to go ahead and dive right into the kids. Um, I feel like for me, adulting, although I feel like I'm all, definitely not there yet. I feel like adulting started happening to me when I had my, my child. And I had to learn so much from that experience when I had Kiana um, and she's 11 now. And I, like I learned so much from her on a regular basis. And it's like, it's actually mind blowing. And I feel like I see all of the things that I missed out on as a child. And I'm not blaming my parents for this in any way. Again, I I think it's a cultural thing. I think it's a, it's a generational thing. Um, But the things that I'm able to teach my children are, 
are things that I are takeaways that I didn't have growing up. So I have a great example of this. Like, and one of the things that I wish that someone had taught me when I was younger is the power of positive thinking, you know, manifestation and just like believing and, and, and just being optimistic. And I'm naturally an optimistic person. So it, it kind of was easier for me to learn this and I learned it and I applied it to my life and I saw results. And I recently had the conversation. I mean, I've been talking about it for a while with my kids, vision boards and just, you know, being positive. And recently we had a conversation because Kiana just started a new school. She's in middle school now. And for the first time ever, they get lockers, right? But her class, the lockers are divided up. Some some are cubbies and some are actual lockers. Now you can imagine an 11 year old is like, oh, locker. <laughs> and so she's just like, mom, there's only, you know, 18 lockers and 12 cubbies. And I said, well, listen, if you want that locker, you got to believe you're going to get that locker. You better feel what it's like to have that locker. And she was just like, okay, okay, okay. And she bought in, she bought in. And when I tell you ladies, she told me every day, she's just like, I'm going to have that. I'm going to get that black locker tomorrow. I'm going to have that black locker. And then she called me from school. It was just the other day. And she's just like, so you wanted to know how it feels like to have a black locker? It feels really awesome to have a black locker. <laughs> but the point is, I really did apply these things to my life. After all the, you know, another part of adulting is definitely like the self-development, right? The things that we seek to better ourselves that we're not in school anymore to learn these things. We're constantly looking to learn and grow as part of being an adult. And I feel like these are the things that I had to learn and kind of reteach myself and reprogram what I had been taught as a child. And I want to continue to do that for my kids and, and empower them with these tools that I totally believe in and that are so totally against everything that my culture stands for. There's yeah. a lot of reprogramming that has to be done. And it's not a knock, huge reprogramming. That's not a knock against our parents. I mean, I think they were just working with what knowledge and experience that they had. They were winging it. So there was no guidebook for them as to how to, you know, raise us. But at the same time, because of the fact that they didn't give necessarily give us all the best tools, there's a lot of stuff that as an adult, you have to pretty much unlearn but and you know relearn. What? It's, it's really interesting that you say that because like my father and I don't have the most positive relationship. I look at my father like the sun. Yeah, it's good for a suntan, but you need to come out because you can get skin cancer. Real facts. <laughs> I tell my father that all the time. I cannot fuck with you too long because you do things that really hurt my feelings. And mm -hmm. people who really know me know that I'm very sensitive. I'm very impact. Things really hurt me deeply. And so I keep him at a distance for my own reasons. But something helped me repair my relationship with my father. It was someone said to me, you know, parents are humans. And I yeah. was like, yeah, I, you know, we often forget that we see our parents. And I just had this conversation last night. You know, you said it right. Adults don't come with a handbook. Mm -hmm. Neither does being a teenager. Neither does being, I don't know. Hopefully when we're seniors, it comes with something because it just doesn't come with a handbook. And so I think the best thing I re the one thing that propelled me outside of my spoiled womb was <laughs> the death of my aunts. Like 
you know, I, I, you know, I talk a lot about privilege and how I've earned certain privileges in my life, but you know, one privilege that I was born into was my family. I, I hadn't realized until other people look in my family when I married my husband, he's like, you have a really tight family. And I never clocked it because that's just, you know, what you do every day. You're with your family. They bother you, whatever. But when my aunt died, it was a coming of a, it was a coming into adulthood. And I'll tell you why, because for some reason, I always thought this is the way it would be. You know, my aunties, da, 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 da. And then when my, my mom's sister died and my dad's sister died a year apart, it really shook me to the core because it was this bell ringing, like, oh, you're becoming the elder. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm not ready for that. I, I was like, I want to regress. But my brothers and I had to sit there and support my mother. Like, it was a really interesting turn of events for us that, you know, because sometimes as a school teacher, a good school teacher, by the way, always thinks they're 16. That's the magical age in teacher head because you're still hip. You're still fun, whatever. But when my aunt died, I turned 21 and I wasn't happy. Like, it, it just it changed the dynamics of adulthood and how I seen things. I had to do a will. I had to do, you know, a health directive. I had to get my assets together. I had to think about what happens, what I pass, like who I want to handle my business. Questions that I didn't think about for a good 35 years. It forced I, you to really examine yeah. your future and who will be handling your affairs when your time comes? Not to sound morbid, but, you know, and that's that's what it does. And it sucks. It does. That's the point of the show. It it's sucks. True. It sucks. It definitely sucks. There's, there's parts of it that are great and parts of it that do suck. But I want to touch on that point, Nisha, because Miranda and I have been friends for a long time. And I witnessed what she went through when she lost her mom. I will never forget the day she told me. I will never forget where I was. And... It, it, I was heartbroken for her from then. And then I experienced it myself, you know, maybe 10, 12 years later. Um, Miranda, you were 19, right? 19 years of age, 19. working at McDonald's. Working at McDonald's, Yikes. going to school. And I mean, I just saw, and, and I can honestly say Miranda probably became an adult before any of us did because she really definitely had to take everything into her own hands, um, especially because you were raised by your mom. Like, yeah. She, well, she was a well I, I lived actually with uh, my uncle, her brother and his wife for as you know, for like a decade before I moved back and lived with my mother again. And it's a it's one of those common, you know, childhood upbringings where the Caribbean mom goes away to another country, leaves the children behind. Only the thing is, I was still in Canada, but my mother was not well. Um, and then when she returned, I was still living in a quote unquote stable family and uh, eventually re reunited with her at, at the age of 14. And then, you know, we had a whole barrel of other issues then. But nevertheless, that was let me just tell you, that was that was a really awful season. That was like a trash season that I went through because uh, anyone who knows me at that time, when I lost my mother, it was like, a a um, a domino effect of just all these negative events. My mother passed away. It was my first semester at university, uh, later in the month of, uh, in December, right before Christmas, I got robbed. 
Oh, geez. I and remember let me tell that you, too. I still hope that the person who robbed me, <laughs> man, <laughs> you have no idea how many nasty things I wish upon you. <laughs> hey, hey. Only they're dead. Oh, it was awful. You trip was and terrible. fall and bust your tooth. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Something. It was terrible. It was a terrible season. But anyways, nevertheless, you it doesn't last forever. That's the beautiful thing about life is that you go through seasons. That was a terrible season for me, but it did get better eventually. And I suppose that's the good thing with adulting, right? Um, you have this ability to reflect, right? And, and, and you know, I am, I am a bit of a nerd. So you do know that <laughs> neurologically... Before we're 21 or 25, actually, we don't have all of our brain cells anyways. That's why teenagers do what they do. They're so stupid. But they, oh, <laughs> can I say amen? Not Not I'm a kids. high school teacher, Not right? Like, the things that I see, I'm like, hmm, I don't know. And I you're witnessing it the- firsthand, and they don't have a clue every, what they're in for. Every day, guys. We have a whole show about the things that teenagers do. And what they think they're doing. But anyhow, um, you know, I think about that and I say to myself, like, okay, at least as an adult, you have, like, now, now let's be honest, right? Just because you're a certain age don't mean you're an adult. But you have access to the opportunity to reflect. Mm-hmm. And that's important as an adult, right? So I think about how much we've all grown, right? I remember when Oz's mom passed, that was a real marking point for me because yep. I didn't know Miranda at that time. And I was like, yo, I felt like, you know, the, one of those shows where you're like, hug your folks tight because I went back and hugged my grandmother, my mom. So my grandmother, by the way, is 91 years old. And that's like the center of my universe. And I'm just thankful to say that I have you ladies when that time comes for me, because I, I don't even know how I'm going to handle losing monumental folks in my life. And yet you two have been here and built, you know, these tremendous lives without two of the most important people in your lives. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine that. So I think the one good thing about adulting is that if you take it, you have the opportunity to reflect. Mm-hmm. And change. Are, and change. Yeah. And the good news is that if you build enough of a community and you have enough of a support system, you don't have to go through it alone. You know, friends, a community of faith. I know, Nisha, you're heavily involved in interfaith communities across the city, you know, whether it be um, Christian churches, uh, mosques and other community religious communities. That is extremely important, especially in a day and age where people don't even care about religion at all. But it's more than it just being about believing in a a deity or what have you. It's about your community. It's about having a support system, people around who who need you to be there. There, I have a church, and there's someone who um, uh, whose uh, twin sister underwent. it was undergoing chemotherapy for breast cancer. And I had no clue that there was this like social media platform where um, if you're lacking, she is actually the, the cook in her house. And I mean, let's face it. Her husband was, he just doesn't have skills in the kitchen as mine does not either. And whether people want to admit it or not, 
that responsibility tends to fall on one partner more than the other. It just happens that way. Mm-hmm. And in her case, um, she uh, she's she was the cook in her household. And unfortunately, there was I mean, what do you do if you're relying on that person to, you know, feed your meals to the kids and and the husband? And so what her sister did was she set up this social media, this account on the social media platform where people from the church were all contributing homemade meals and they just bring it every Sunday and Mm. would um, that would be in their freezer for the week. And all of those meals would allow them to eat for the duration of her chemotherapy treatment. And I thought like, man, what happens if you're alone and you don't have anybody or you have a small family or you're a piece of shit and you've like ruined all the relationships in your life and you have nobody around. Like it, it makes a huge difference having a support system available. Um, but that with that in mind, I, I would really love to know what you ladies, um, what did your parents lie to you about or mislead you into thinking (laughs) about adulthood? Any, any elements of that? No, my mom doesn't, my mom. Okay. Let's let's take a step back. My mom is a black Nova Scotian woman. They don't lie. They tell you the hard truth. They don't give you no lubrication. They don't put no syrup, no honey on it. This is what it is. So I got to give you an example. What is okay, it with so, you and lubrication? Seriously, you really are like obsessed with this shit. <laughs> Hey, that's my, I don't know. It's my, because you know why? I'm teaching sex ed right now. So that's uh, what's in my head. Okay. So, so, so what, what did Mama Ross tell, what did Mama Ross say? She, okay. So you got to set the scene. There's my mom who's like 5'11", tall woman, black. Like we call her the warden. And there's, I'm the eldest. There's my, my brother, my sister, and my brother. So there's like five of us. Okay. And by the way, shout out to my mom. Cause she actually was a foster mom too. Like, unfortunately my aunt was an mm-hmm. addict and she raised three of my set, eight children of my aunt. So we're all in here living in Berg's and Berg's got nothing on my mom. They should be scared of my mom. My mom looks at me and she says to my brothers and I, my sisters and I, you see those stairs? You come home pregnant, I'm putting you down them. Call the police because I'm going to tell them I put you down those stairs because you're pregnant. You get someone pregnant, I'm putting you down the stairs. We were (laughs) like, what the hell? Then she takes us to the pharmacy and she says, let's go down this aisle. So my brothers and I are like, yo, what is she going to do, guy? Because my mom can be like rough. You see, these are condoms. This is what you use when you're going to engage in sexual activity. Because I don't want to be a grandmother. I'm too cute. I don't want to be a grandmother. So we're yes. going to get some condoms. And like, but best sex education, because none of us got pregnant young. None of us had children young. But my mom was very open about sex. She's really told my brothers, yo, go get some pads for your sisters. Yeah, that's where you come from. You come from period blood. Don't look down on it. She gave us the business. There was no lying. God bless no your lying. mother. God bless her. No lie. Because in our household, fear, you talked about fear earlier, Oz. Fear was what ruled our household. There was no discussion about sex. There was no discussion about anything like that whatsoever. And I think the unfortunate thing was because of the fact that there was so much fear about the potential of becoming, of seeing kids become 
uh, teen moms. <laughs> they just they just didn't discuss anything at all. And that's unfortunate because you took away the entire communication about sex ed, about relationships, about marriage, about all of these things. And it's like you didn't give us an option. You just made us even more curious about it. And then you wonder why your kids turn out to be freaks down the road. <laughs> because Wait, you never have a conversation with them oh, to begin shit. with. Wait, freaks. which one of us? Which one of us is a freak? But anyway. Um, I do I do want to talk about that too, Miranda, because it's interesting. You know, you were talking about what did they lie to me about? They didn't lie to me about anything. They talked to me about nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Mm, they just don't discuss it. No. And I'll tell you the one thing that my, the gem that my mom did give me is that she said to me, you always have to be financially reliant on yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't ever be financially reliant on a man because you never want that to keep you in a shitty relationship. And I, she gave me that gem early, early in life. So that stuck with me. But when I tell you that sex talk never happened. And when it came down to me speaking with my kids, I was paralyzed. I had no idea how to do it. And I went to my white friends. I did. I'm going to tell you this because they seem to be way more comfortable talking about this shit than anybody else that I know. Like a little too comfortable. But, they um, and they I was also just like, talk back to their moms. Right. But I'm saying, but I went and I said, <laughs> listen, happen. how do you do this? Like, and, and apparently it's such an easygoing conversation. I'm not going to lie to you. I still struggle. I still struggle. I mean, yeah, we talk about menstruation. We talk about that. But I still struggle and I get uncomfortable around that topic around my kids. And that's just because of how I was raised. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's really yeah. hard to to push through what you're so used to and what's ingrained in yeah. you. And to try to change. But I'm working on it. I promise you. I'm and and that's it. better than what. Yeah. Right. Whereas right. I'm the one where my nephew calls and says, Auntie, yo, can I get a condom? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Just pass by my room. Oh, damn. You're giving school. those up? Of course. What are you talking about? Oh, wow. I, I, I actually, I am the condom supplier at school. Uh, no, no, that's like, no. But seriously, I believe in safe sex. <laughs> I tell them all the time, I'd rather you be safe than sorry. You got to get Amen. tested. I walked through like this is these are like it's like the reenactment of my mother. I told you she didn't lie. This is you're going to the gynecologist. This is what happens. You're going to the urologist. My sister and I used to cringe. My mom used to tell us about the benefits of shaving vaginal hair. We were like, yo, can we just live? <laughs> wow. I swear <laughs> this is so foreign to me. And I got to tell you, wow. like, it's just so unlike anything that I was raised in. And I realized it was really just such a, just a revelation when I realized that people's parents actually talk to them about this stuff. And, and these, these subjects are addressed way before you leave the house and, go to your own rent your own apartment like seriously because it was never when i tell you never mentioned in my home never mentioned yo my mom once i was uh when i was at home um i think i was i was actually starting college and she uh she saw me eating leftovers out of a pot and i guess there's like some sort of superstitious belief that if a woman is eating out of a pot that she's never going to get married and my mom said that to me. She was like, you know, don't eat out of the pot. You're not gonna you're not gonna get married. I was looking at her like, what? <laughs> Who's getting married? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh my like, god. Oh, you don't want to get married? 
I'm like, well, I'm not saying that. It's just, I'm like, like I'm not thinking about that right now. That from? But it, that's another area that I thought was really interesting is that there's this assumption that you as a woman need to be married. And uh. I think that was one of the things that I was misled about was that you have to be married and you don't. For all Actually, the women and guys, <laughs> you don't have do to be not. married. Marriage no. is an option. Marriage an and option. having but, children, that is an option. It is not your yeah. story that has to unfold. It's not like it's not mandatory. You, and you that, have a choice. That is the upside of adulting. So let's get to the positives yeah. real quick. The upside mm-hmm. of adulting is that you do have a choice about everything. everything. You are free to make decisions about every aspect of your life without guilt without fear you take control of your life as an adult and that is i want to say the best part of adulting and that's something that's never spoken about now granted you also take the consequences of everything that you do as an adult and all the decisions that you make believe me i've made some bad decisions and have suffered the consequences but you know i am free i am free to make those choices um and i'm free to also have sex with whoever i want just snooping or go out there as an adult (laughs) It's very and true. I, and I think the other thing is, is that, uh, well, for me personally, I feel like I, I, I gained more and more freedom in adulthood as I got older. There came a point where I was like, yo, I love you, mom, but it's not your business. It's not your business. And, you know, you have to be respectful because I'm not trying to get slapped in my mouth. I'm never too old not to get slapped <laughs> in my mouth. But at some point you start coming into yourself and you start feeling yourself and you're like, yo. I'm going to do what I got to do. I think it's one of the reasons I moved to London when I was 22, because London, I was wilding out. That was adulthood all over Europe. We but, all have a wilding out era in our lives. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, like, hopefully you've got some good foundations because, you know, like Oz says, there's consequences to whatever you're doing. But I do think in my 40s, I've become a little bit more like, yo, that's on you. That's on you. Like, that's not my problem. Like, you know, there's this line that Biggie says, what you eat don't make me shit. Like, that's on you. I I can't, I can't like be responsible for your reaction to a decision that I'm doing what's best for me. And I think that can be hard for our family. I I know that can be hard, but you know, that's the consequences. And, and that's just what it is. That's just Mm -hmm. what it is. I find. Yeah. I, and I definitely feel like, I uh, I got better because my mom did one thing that pissed me off. She scared me into going to Philadelphia by myself. So Jill Scott was doing a hometown concert. If you know me by now, you know I love Jill Scott. And in our hometown, an artist in their hometown, right, Oz, they usually give the best concerts. And my mom's like, oh, you can't go to Philadelphia by yourself. And I was like, oh, yeah, maybe you're right. And I missed this concert. So I've never seen Jill Scott in her hometown. After that, because I missed it, now I will never let my fear control me, which is another part of adulting, right? You you assess the risk, you know what you're doing, you set things up, and you go for it. And because you'll never have those experiences again. And I think that's the one part of adulting that I have enjoyed is all that collection of experiences, um, enjoying life seeing what friendships survive because just a note for young listeners 
not all your friendships go into your adulthood and nor do they stay in your adulthood. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right. But, um, yeah, I think less and less, I'm less and less fearful, more sure of myself. And I'm like, it is what it is. It is what it is. I think there's something to that. Like the more you step out on faith and go beyond your fears and do what you need to do anyway, you gain more courage that way. You know, yeah. I used to have this huge fear of flying and I, I like the idea of being in another city and going to other places. But at the same time, I was just like me on a plane. Nah, fam, <laughs> <laughs> not interested. But then started traveling more, got used to being on a, on a plane. Uh, it started small, just little trips here and there. Um and then it grew to flying over to Asia. That was a mm. huge, like, cultural change for me. Huge shift. Um, but what that did was it opened my eyes up to seeing how other people around the world lived. It opened my eyes up to, um, I- I'm speaking from the perspective of a Black woman, how Black women and just Black people in general are perceived in other countries, seeing other black faces in predominantly uh-huh. non-black countries other than North America, other than those in North America. Um, so yeah, the more you step out on faith, the more you get past your fears, don't let it handicap you or mm-hmm. allow it to paralyze you in any way. You, you'll be all the better for it. You'll be a much better human being for those experiences. And cuter. I have yep. to say that. Right, eyes. We True. get cuter as you age. Listen, I know, I know for a fact that I am loving myself more and more every single day. Like I'd be walking by the mirror sometimes, and I'm like, "Oh shit, damn, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <You're girl>. good." <laughs> but you know, it took me a long time to get here. It took me a long, long time yeah. to get here. But speaking of stepping out and stepping on faith, like one of the things that I have learned as an adult is that happiness is right outside of your comfort zone, and you need to take those risks and, you know, make those moves um, to find out what you're really made of, man, and what's really out there for you. Um, And I feel like that's another thing that I, that I wish that I had learned earlier on is, Mm. you know, when it comes to your career, when it comes to where you want to live, how you want to live those decisions, like taking risks is okay. You know, you're not, when you take a risk, you don't risk it all. You just yeah. are taking a risk and what they say, what you fail forward, right? Like anytime yeah. you take a risk and something goes wrong, you learn from it and you move forward from that. But if you don't ever take the risk, then you just never know, right? You, you will live with regret. Um, and that's, you know, that's something again that I had to like unlearn and, and do things my way. I mean, when I came to New York, my parents were always very supportive of me. They never put any, ideas or encouraged any ideas in my head, but they were very supportive of whatever decision I wanted to make. And moving to New York, you know, I faced a lot of resistance, not necessarily from my mom or my dad, but other family members that were like, what are you doing? Like, you know, like, stay here. You live in your family's basement and just, you know, get a job and da da da. da. And I was just kind of like, no, like, I want to go. I want to follow my dreams. And it really did change me. That was another part of adulting that happened to me, right? Mm. Coming and navigating a whole new city by myself, no family, mm-hmm. no. F- well, I had I had pen. <laughs> I had a couple of friends out here, uh, but really, pen. 
yeah oh, okay. but really just like you know coming out here and doing it it was a it was a definite learning curve um but totally worth it and that's yeah. true you know i forgot i mean i didn't forget i knew you went out there but because i mean i'm gonna get some hate but y'all know new york's not my favorite city right so it's i mean it's just i don't know uh, new york and i have just we've never fell in love with each other right I, i'm a, a west coast kind of chick but when you go to another country too, adulthood is right up close and personal because mm -hmm. you got to make decisions, right? You got to make decisions. I know. Are you going to act? Yeah. Like, you know, if I got a, when I lived in England, if I get arrested, yo, my mom's not going to come and get me at the corner, right? Like, <laughs> no, no. Like, no. You're on your own. You can't go to Singapore, go out and get drunk and then expect right? to, like, to have an outdoor pee because nah. you, you're literally going to get in a lot of trouble for that. And, and you start to, you know what, you start to see like what values that were putting you, the ones that you are going to use, right? Because I think about my time in London and I was living a whole other life, like that, like a whole other life. But I really became an adult in London because I had to manage an apartment. I had to manage a bank account, yeah. a job, you know, dudes that I was dating. And I was like in the pub every night. Like I had to manage. Yo, you know? that's the best part, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I it mean, was. I really wanted to be an adult. I wanted the responsibility of having my own place and all of that. And I got what I wanted, not in the context that I actually asked for it, because, of course, no one wants to lose a parent. But that's mm. how I got shifted into being an adult. And mm. But I'm not going to lie. Having my own place and having uh, a job and making my own money, oh, man, those were some of the best years of my life. Freedom, really baby. Was. Freedom. Yeah, but you know those freedom. are delusions. Those are illusions, right? Because it's oh, like your no, first baby. high. They, they were good times. They were <laughs> no, good you times. Think about trust See, me. I look at it as your first <laughs> high. That's your first high, and then you're constantly chasing that first high because yeah. now you're like, yo, I gotta pay the bills. Shit, oh, this bill Lord went up. Jesus. And the kids, man. Let's talk about oh. these kids, man. Like when you have no. a kid, your whole shit goes out the window because no. pub. Pub going out? What? What does that even mean? Learned, Especially okay. in the, I mean, listen, I'm telling you, like life changing, and the it's yeah. so rewarding in its own, you know, way. But when you got to take care of somebody else, girl, that's when you know you are adulting for yeah. real because yeah. you know such a big responsibility. But you know, I want to talk about careers a little bit, ladies, because mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys all knew. I mean. Nisha explained to us that she was a teacher by, you know, at the time she Since came birth. out of the birth canal. Right. So I feel like she is on the path that she expected herself <laughs> to be. How about you, Miranda? How do you feel about careers, adulting, what you thought you, where you thought you were going to be, where you're at? Uh, I had a few career options that I always um, rotated around my head when I was younger. I knew that I always wanted to be in the creative field. And so um, I heard this, uh, I don't remember where I heard this from or who the expert was, but they said that children know what they really want to do by the time they're six years old and heading into like kindergarten and whatnot. So if you have a love for something, then that is going to follow you throughout your entire life. And I remember when I was a kid, I really focused a lot on art classes. I loved um, 
the idea of writing and poetry and putting a book together. We had to put books together in one of my English classes. And I, when I heard that news, when I heard that information, I knew that I was like, yeah, what am I doing? Like, I'm working all these garbage jobs. Like, what is this? Let me just go and go at it and get involved in the book publishing industry, be a writer, focus on writing. And that's, that's what led me to being a freelance writer and getting into that field and continuing to write. And it, I mean, you make a choice as an artist, whether you want to be um, dedicated to it and continue to keep dedicating your life to it, because of course it's not the most lucrative career. I mean, it, you're going to be poor for a while unless you've got an in <laughs> from, you know, someone in the industry who can give you a, 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 a bit of a helping hand. Um, that wasn't my case at all. But I'm just saying that um, you got to be careful about those decisions. It's always good to have a backup. But for me, I knew that writing definitely was always my thing. I think that's amazing, though. I wasn't birthed into teaching. There were other <laughs> things I I had thought so about. So you didn't have the pencil in your hand when you came out of your mom's womb. You know what I mean. It was a piece of chalk. I did have, no, I'm allergic to chalk. I did have the cabbage patch lined up with my preemie brother in between them. And I bossed them around. <laughs> so, but I did want to be other things. See, I wanted to be Martin Luther King and Malcolm X in one. That's what my dream was. You actually. say a lot of stuff when you're a kid. I said I wanted to be a father at one point. When I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. When you're a kid, you're stupid. You know, what are you gonna do? I mean, yeah. No, um, my mom kept these things where it says, "I want to be a teacher who bosses people around like Malcolm X." I was like, "What was wrong?" No, with but me? you, you don't see it. You don't see that you're that. <laughs> You're that girl. Have you're you listened the to whole... the previous episodes? I'm saying you Aww. you do you do you're doing the activist thing. You're teaching. You're bossing people. I know for a fact you're. You're definitely people bossing people <laughs> you around. So, so we know you made it, girl. You made it. Can you give her a round of applause, no, please? Because no. she Absolutely. made it. Absolutely. Nisha has made it. Absolutely. Nisha has made it. No, I'm good. Y'all are stupid. <laughs> but you know what? To be fair. I am in a transition part of my career where I'm having a hard time even thinking about doing anything else but teaching. But on some levels, I'm being pulled out of the classroom to make a, big, a bigger impact. And I, I, there's a little part of me that's like a little kid that's like, nah, I'm not leaving my nest. What are you talking about? Mom brings me my birds and chews up my worms. I'm good in my nest. But oftentimes I'm falling out of that nest saying, oh, let me look around. Let me see. And I find that's a bit stressful in adulthood because in adulting, one thing that happens, I think sometimes you get limited, like you get comfortable, right? You, you have a job, you pay your bills, everything has a rhythm and you're afraid to move that equilibrium to find even more greatness. And I think I'm right there. I'm, I'm at the point where I'm like... I got two kids. I got a husband. Uh, I'm not know if I want to shake my boat. Yeah. And um, that bothers me a lot in adulting because mm -hmm. there's this there's this expectation that you stay in your job till you die and ride and you retire and then you go on, on a few cruises and that's it. C'est fini, capote, you're dead, right? Yeah. So 
uh, there is that transition of adulthood that I'm, I'm scared. I'll be honest, and ladies, I'm scared. It borders on complacency and you just don't mm. want that. You want to always grow. And I feel you on that 1000%, man. Like definitely in terms of career, like when I brought that up too, like I just always like I'm not there yet. You know what I mean? And it's at the same time, like I've made choices in order to have work-life balance, in order to, to be there for my kids, in order to raise my kids as a single mom but I'm not where I want to be in my career. And, you know, I struggle with that daily. And I wonder, like, does that have to be an option? As an adult, do you have to make those choices? Do you have to decide career, family, you know, this, that, or... And again, another way that I was raised. And I wonder how I can do different towards my kids. Like, you know, I was never raised to do a job that's rewarding. Like, you know... Do a job to get money to buy a house again, right? Get, have your family do that and be happy with that. You, you settle with that. But, you know, I want to kind of now that we live in this world and it's so fucked up. Like, let's be real. This world is so fucked up. Mm -hmm. We talk about community and I realize how important it is to teach my kids that sense of community and to give back to their community. And that's such a part of life. Like, it's so important to leave, um, you know, your mark and also to give back to, to, to the world in some way. And I feel like I've lacked in that way too. You know what I mean? I so I struggle with, with these concepts on a, on a regular basis. Like, what have I done? We, oh have God. I done enough? You know what I, I mean? Think, I just I think yeah. you've accomplished quite a bit. That's what I was about to say. We I'm not here like But oof. you have definitely accomplished quite a bit. I mean Absolutely. Look, you spent a lot of years following your immigrant family's per idea of what a career should consist of. And you made the very bold and courageous decision to gravitate away from uh the forensic psychology field or and and sciences and do a complete 180 degree turn into the music industry. You put out a Absolutely. record. We talked about that with Penn <laughs> <laughs> over 20 years fun. ago. Uh, you, you know, arranged so many different um, live music events in Montreal. And then you were able to take that experience and bring that to New York with your R&B Spotlight Live. You were able to do so many different things. You ran an indie record label for yeah, God knows how many years. There's fun. not a lot of women that can say right. that they've done those types of things. Absolutely. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a major, major stress to be a woman and trying to balance your career, family, finances, husband, being the chef, homemaker, sex machine, all nurse. these different things, nurse, so many hats yeah, teacher, well. all of these different things. And it's really difficult, but I think, yes, maybe in terms of financial uh, reward it may not be as ideal as you would like it's the same thing with me I would love to be making money off of my writing but I'm not right now and that's not why yet. you know the day jobs are there to help supplement those incomes that you're not necessarily getting in the area that you're yeah. most passionate about but and don't I, for one minute minimize yeah. your accomplishments ever for real I have to echo Mar because you have to think about it as like a lot of people give us mad props as, a, as, as cypher queens, but yo, you started that shit. Yeah. Right. Like we get mad props for being females talking about hip hop in stinking Montreal. I said it stinking Montreal. <laughs> Everyone knows I don't like the city. It is what it is. My, love. Yeah. Hate. We want love, love hate. hate. 
Yeah, it's a bad toxic relationship, but <laughs> like, but real, real truth. And then you went to New York, which I consider a grimy city that will eat and spit you up if you don't have the balls or the kahunas or the breasts, whatever you want to have to make it. And you did your thing. Like, I admire that so much because to me, I always chose, well, I chose teaching, chose me, I chose teaching, whatever. But you decided, see, our parents equate happiness with comfortability. And we're this hybrid generation that listen to some folks that talk about passion. And we're in a generation now, and I, now I'm seeing my, my students and my nieces and my nephews making money off of their passion. So we're that hybrid generation that's like, eh, I don't want to take that risk, but I also want to live and enjoy what I do. And mm -hmm. and adulting is about making decisions. No, you know you scare me already. That's the dog. You know the dog scares me. <laughs> but, but, you know, adulting is about choices. Like, you know, for a long time, my parents were pressing me about having children, like biological children. And I was like, nah, I can't do it. I can't do it because you want something from my womb. Like, yeah. my mom's whole thing is, you know, you. she always knows the kids from my brother are her are her grandchildren but when it comes from a daughter like you really know it's your kid right and I said to her I get it and she I'll never forget it we were at Atwater Lexus Neon it was cold it was right before our birthdays I was turning 38 and she says Nish you're really not gonna have kids and I thought about it and I was like nah it's not it's it's not that it's not for me it's just it, it's like I give already to the kids zone I give yeah. already I'm okay and I think a lot of things affected that decision for me. But I also believe I'm the type of person that if I really want something, I will manifest it, like Oz is saying. And so when I met my husband and he had two kids, I was like, oh, we're really good then. Because I don't have to do anything on the womb level. But all that to say, Oz, is that I think what, what we're thinking about here is how do we redefine where we want to be? as well as take care of the people who are important to us. And I think that's the part of adulting that we're trying to figure out. Like, how do I take care of my little folks, my little humans, and take care of me? And that's a balance that I think in our 40s, I'm trying to figure out with along with you. But, yo, when people say Ozzy, man, you don't know, yo. I'm like, I'm a proud to be affiliated with you. Oh, I I'm, love you. Same, you know, girl. I, I feel Same. mad. Like, people are like, yeah, I have, yeah, Oz is my friend. Yeah, you know. Da, 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 da. Oh, stop. <laughs> no, but that's real facts. Like, but we I are in you, that girl. phase. We are in that yeah. phase where... And there's also, yeah. there's also a lack of, um, you know, transparency about how you gain wealth and, and how you accumulate things over the years, right? Like most people think like, oh, I'm going to get this uh, six-figure salary uh, right away. And it's like, no, well, you built no, that with not. tenure after you, right. you know, committed yourself to a position and to a career for many, many years. And then, um, Nisha, you were talking earlier about finding that um, courage to gravitate out of that complacent role that you've been in and then evolve into something else. And that's, unfortunately, that's not discussed enough when it comes to careers mm -hmm. where it's perfectly okay for you to move up and, and evolve from where you were. You're not necessarily going to be the teacher. You will at some point need to be a business owner. You will at some point hmm. need to be uh, a principal or, you know, no, some no, other no, role or whatever the case may be. <laughs> but, um, 
I just want to end things off by saying that um, let's not fool people into thinking that they're going to be cute forever. Um, (laughs) Because the truth is, (laughs) some of y'all don't look cute in your 40s or your 50s. (laughs) I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to say science and melanin. That's all I'm going to say. All, all I'm going to say is I highly recommend you take care of yourself physically. I started yes. working out before I turned 40 and it has done wonders for my body. I'm still mm-hmm. suffering some pain right now. There's a lot of things that ache these knees. You know why <laughs> we created the bedroom playlist? It's so that it disguises the sound of the knees when you're in the, ah, in the bedroom. I you get know? it. The creaky knees sound. Oh my God. Um, but take care of your health because that is a huge, huge component of being able to have good quality of life. Stay away from the chips. Stay away from all of the sugar. And I see this in my own family. Diabetes and cancer has rocked my family for way too long. Yeah. And I made the decision. I am not letting that happen to me. I can stave off a variety of health conditions for as long as I can. That I have control over. I'm not letting that get me. It's not happening. Yeah. I I have a few parting words myself. So one, I want to say thank you, girls, for all the love that you showed me today. I I appreciate it. Um, You know, I I do grapple with a lot of the where I want to be, where I should have been, all the ideals I had as a child for what adulthood would be like. Um, But I think comparison is the thief of joy. I, I read that somewhere. And and it's real, man. We're surrounded by social media and people putting all kinds of shit online. And mm-hmm. I look at some, sometimes I look at it and I'm just like, it makes me feel like shit because I'm not where that person is. But you know, we're all in our own path and in our own mm-hmm. journey. Yeah. And I heard something and I want to read it to you guys um, by Sadhguru. I don't know who that is, but he's some guru to some people. But I thought this was interesting. So He said, idiots do things that they don't like to do and suffer their whole life because they think it's needed or it's their duty. And intelligent people do what they love to do and they enjoy their life to some extent. But a genius learns to do what is needed joyfully. And that's when your genius flowers. Mm. So I thought that was cool. I thought it was kind of interesting. And I, I sometimes think it resonated with me. And I sometimes think about like, you know, if I do everything that's needed with joy, and I always, I always have gratitude. And that's something else that I want to like put out there too, you know, gratitude is something that we can teach our kids and just having joy in everything you do. And I think that that makes for a beautiful adulthood. I agree. I, I agree. The Buddhist monk says you're exactly where you are, where you need to be right in this moment and make sure you find the joys in every moment that you live. So mm. with that, I'm going to try to find 30 minutes to work out. <laughs> and I love adulting with you, ladies. Oh, Same, real. girls. This group chat has been a great navigator in my life. Trust me. <laughs> 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 but uh, shout out to all the listeners out there. Uh, people who have been, you know, listening to the show every episode. We appreciate all your interactions If you haven't already, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, especially Instagram, because there's some great conversations and comments going on over there. And uh, don't forget to subscribe. 
That's the only way to know when yeah. the next episode is coming out. We try to be consistent and put out an episode every Thursday, and we've been good thus far about that. Yes. But uh, definitely subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And, uh, and share. Share with your friends. Let them know yeah. if you liked an episode. Mm-hmm. Share. Sharing is caring. Absolutely. So until next week, this has been Messy Truths. And uh, we'll see you again. Hear you again. Thank you. Peace, y'all. Peace. So apparently these kids are calling the 80s and 90s the late 1900s. Fuck these kids.